Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily, August 11th, Friday morning, and I'm Tucker Bagley filling in for Joe Giglio, who's still on vacation. We'll get to talk to Joe again early next week, and, and maybe he'll let us know some of his favorite parts of traveling down to Disney World with his family. But I want to talk today about the Eagles preseason starting tomorrow night in Baltimore against the Ravens for the first time since the Super Bowl. We get to see the Eagles on the field uh, against another team. I watched um, you know preseason football on NFL Network all night last night. Watched you know uh, Vikings and and Seahawks, the the Patriots and Texans played before that. I'm ready to watch the guys at Midnight Green play. I'm ready to watch them play against the Baltimore Ravens on Saturday afternoon. It's going to be, you know, exciting for a team that is coming in with sky-high expectations. You know, the the Eagles are are setting themselves up right now based on the success that they had last year um, to go back to the Super Bowl, right? Like, I think it's, it's Super Bowl or bust as they head down to Baltimore to, to play the Ravens and their only road um, preseason game. They're, they're home for the following two, but this one uh, on Saturday night is on the road against Baltimore. And what I kind of want to do today, I want to go through the five guys on this team that I'm most excited to see play in the preseason. And, you know, they're, they're guys that I think inevitably there's going to be someone that, that we fall in love with, that this fan base is going to get excited about that may not have any shot in the dark of making the team, but hey, maybe they're fun. Maybe it's a cool story. Maybe it's an underdog thing. Maybe it's something that that people can relate to, and you know that tends to happen, you know, pretty much every year in training camp. I want to talk about a few guys who I think have a decent shot of not just making the roster, but maybe having an impact on the team this season, and, and maybe having, you know. A big role, maybe by the end of the season, depending on on how everything plays out over the course of the regular season. The first guy I want to start with is the backup quarterback, Marcus Mariota, someone that I, I know we were all clamoring for eight years ago. It's kind of fun to have him back in the fold, knowing the backstory, knowing how much and, and you know how close it felt like he was going to be the savior for this franchise back before he got drafted by the Titans second overall in 2015. And he comes in really after a down year as the Falcons quarterback. And I don't, I don't really know what he has left in the tank as he enters his age 30 season. Now I still think he's probably a dynamic runner. I still think he's certainly more athletic than, than Gardner Minshew. And if Jalen hurts were to miss time, there's certainly a role for Marcus Mariota to, to step up and, and kind of replicate what Jalen Hurts does with his legs. He ran for over 400 yards in 13 games last season, had four touchdowns, averaged 5.2 yards per carry. So he's still been an effective runner, but what he's done as a passer, really since you know the, the end of his time in Tennessee, he spent a couple years in Las Vegas as a backup to, to Derek Carr, but never got a start. 
I mean, Marcus Mariota is someone that I worry about his ability to, you know, come in and play and, and be a competent quarterback for, you know, two weeks, three weeks if Jalen Hurts goes down. And obviously, without Jalen Hurts, the Eagles' ceiling and their floor dramatically drop, right? And I think that's true for any team in the NFL if their starting quarterback gets hurt, but especially a team like the Eagles who come in with a quarterback who has MVP aspirations, maybe not personally. Maybe Jalen Hurts wouldn't admit that out loud in a public setting, but that's kind of the echelon I think he's pushed himself into. So if he misses time, no matter what, the Eagles offense is certainly going to take a step back. But when you read these reports from practice and you talk to guys like Hugh Douglas, who who watched him last year in Atlanta and isn't necessarily – High on him. I, I talk to Elliot Shore Parks almost every day, and he isn't necessarily high on Marcus Mariota and what he's seen from him in practice. Makes you worry a little bit. It, it makes you kind of wonder just how much he has to offer this team if he's thrust into you know the the starting role for a, a brief period of time. And you also have to wonder the way things ended in Atlanta where he went home, where he quit, where he took his ball and, and his helmet and his pads and said, see you later, after he lost the starting job to, to Desmond Ritter at the end of the season. It, it's something to, to at least think about. So I'm excited to actually see him on the field and on a day where I'm not even sure if we're going to get the starters. You know, I, I'd be surprised if Jalen Hurts, if he does play, plays more than a handful of snaps. And you could say that about a lot of guys on this team. The way this coaching staff you know, uh, approaches the preseason, I think Marcus Mariota is going to, you know, it, it's setting up for, for him to really be the the main guy under center for the next couple of weeks. And he can either calm a, a lot of people's nerves and, and he can make everybody relax and say, okay, if Hurts misses a game, if he misses two, we'll be okay. We'll still be competitive with, with Marcus Mariota under center or it could be time for people to panic and people could start calling for Ian Book or Tanner McKee who are kind of battling it out for that that third um, quarterback spot on the roster right now. Maybe that would just be a, a practice squad role. But Marcus Mariota is the, the first guy that I'm excited to see. The second guy, and maybe this is cheating, I'm curious to see how the running back snap distribution works out because we saw the Eagles release their first depth chart of the preseason, and, you know, I don't know if you noticed it, but it was the first thing I noticed. They had five guys listed as first-team running back. And, you know, you feel for Kennedy Brooks, who's the only guy on the roster who isn't listed as a first-team running back. He's he's third-team down at the bottom. But they listed Kenny Gainwell, Rashad Penny, Boston Scott, Trey Sermon, and DeAndre Swift. All as first-team running back, and they listed them in alphabetical order, so it's not like Gainwell is leading the pack and DeAndre Swift is is struggling, but they clearly like all five of these running backs. I mean, they drafted Kenny Gainwell. He was probably, if I you know, without looking it up, he probably led them, led the backfield in, in touches during the postseason run. They obviously brought back Boston Scott. Um, he he hit free agency and chose to come back here. So they clearly see something in him. They traded for DeAndre Swift. Um, Trey Sermon is under contract for not just this year, but next year as well. And obviously they they gave Rashad Penny a contract in free agency. I mean, that's five guys that they've 
not necessarily committed big resources to, but those are five guys who all conceivably could have a role in this offense. And when you look at what they've done in training camp so far and and how the snaps have been distributed between the five of them, it's hard to really get a read on, on where Nick Sirianni and where this offensive coaching staff really expects them to be, and maybe you can project out and take a step back and, you know, look at their history and say, well, Swift is a, a you know tremendous receiver. By far, I think, the best receiving back that this team and this franchise has seen since LaShawn McCoy, maybe Brian Westbrook, if you want to go a little bit further back, and he's going to be the third down guy, and Rashad Penny is more of a between-the-tackles guy, and maybe he's going to be the early down guy, and Trey Sermon is more of a bigger body. Maybe he's the the short yardage guy. And Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott are kind of going to be there to fill gaps. But the other thing is you're not going to have five running backs active on game day, right? Like even four, I think, would be a lot unless one of them, you know, contributes heavily on special teams. So I think these guys, not only are they fighting for, for snaps in the regular season, but might be fighting for just being active on game day. And, you know, we can sit here and you know probably assume that that Penny and Swift based on their track record and based on their pedigree that they're probably a step up from the rest of that group from Gainwell Scott and Sermon but it's going to be interesting that that's something that I'm really really interested to see as maybe you won't see Jalen Hurts out there or, or AJ Brown or any of the real big offensive weapons but I think these five guys, this group of five running backs, really, you know, hold the crux of the offense right now and and probably is the biggest question mark about that side of the ball that we have, you know, heading into the regular season outside of maybe Cam Jurgens transition from from center to to playing right guard after playing exclusively center as a rookie backing up Jason Kelsey. The, the third guy that I'm looking for after Marcus Mariota, after the the group of running backs. Number three is Joseph Ngata, which I, I feel crazy saying. And, you know, I thought heading into training camp and even through the first week or so that he was just going to be one of those guys. He was a camp body. Maybe he'd make a, a couple big plays, make a couple splash plays. People would get excited. And we've had a lot of wide receivers like that with the Eagles probably in the last 10 years or so, but all the reports coming out of camp right now is he's played really well. He might be the the fourth or fifth best wide receiver on this team, obviously not challenging A.J. Brown or, or Devontae Smith, but when you get past that group and maybe Quez Watkins at well, you know, he, he kind of maybe falls in to that, that second tier uh, of, you know, Greg Ward, Britton Covey, and and Covey obviously with his contributions on special teams has that going for him. But as Alameda Zacchaeus and Greg Ward and Joseph Ngata kind of fight it out, the Eagles would obviously be excited about keeping a younger guy who they can develop on the roster. And so far from what we've seen from this guy in in uh, training camp, kind of seems to be as advertised. He, he seems like someone who really is starting to, to rise up the depth charts. He, he's really starting to, to figure things out. And he comes from a, a place that just churns out wide receivers. I mean, he went to Clemson 
were, you know, they developed DeAndre Hopkins. They developed T. Higgins. They developed Hunter Renfro, who's obviously a, a little bit of a different profile than Ngata. But as far as it goes right now, I mean, he's a big dude. He's he's six foot three. He's someone that could probably play on the outside if Smith or or AJ Brown miss any time. And I don't know if you can really say that uh, about a lot of a lot of guys, you know, down the depth chart. I think it's going to be something where if he puts up a, a big day on Saturday, if he has you know five catches, if he goes out and scores a touchdown or makes a contested catch against a, a defensive back, could really get this fan base excited and people could really start clamoring for for him to to get more snaps and, and move up the depth chart. So Joseph Ngata would be three, the running backs two, Mariota one, the fourth guy that I'm looking forward to, to seeing. And I don't really know how much he's going to play, but I'm excited to see Nolan Smith on the field. I, I really am. I was intrigued by his selection at the end of the first round. He, he's undersized, but he, he's just super athletic. We saw the success the Eagles had with Hassan Reddick on the field last year. You add another player who, who fits a similar type of athletic profile, and he's been playing off-ball linebacker a little bit in practice, but... That's kind of been toned down with the addition of, of Miles Jack um, back there. But, you know, I'm excited to see what he can do to opposing offenses because, you know, maybe not in his rookie year. I don't know if he's going to contend for, for 10 sacks and, and a Pro Bowl nod in a rotation this deep. But it's not like he's going to come in and be splitting snaps with Josh Sweat and Derek Barnett and Brandon Graham. I mean, he just fits a completely different role. Like Hassan Reddick. So I'm excited to see in a situation where maybe they, they you know put him in more of a, a unique position, like the way they did with Hassan Reddick. And I don't know how crazy Sean Desai is going to get with his defense and how much window dressing he's going to do and everything like that because you, you tend to keep it pretty vanilla in the preseason. But Nolan Smith, I think, could be an X-factor for this team, not just in 2023, but beyond. I think there are a lot of people who are really excited about his pick, are really excited about what he could turn into as we move along you know, further into his career. I'm excited to see him get on the field, and I love reading his quotes after practice, talking about how much he loves football, how hard he's going to work. I think he's someone that, that people are really going to be into. I know Elliot Short Parks has been a huge fan of his from day one, so... Seeing him in a more competitive setting than, than just training camp and, and the backfields at the Novacare Complex certainly will, will be you know really, really fun to watch, hopefully. And the last guy that I'm looking forward to, another rookie, I'm looking forward to seeing Sidney Brown on the field. This is a team that really hasn't poured a ton of resources into the safety position historically. I mean, they let C.J. Gardner-Johnson walk, and, and whether or not they just kind of got caught in the middle there with letting him go or letting Slay go, and then the way the negotiations broke down, Gardner-Johnson was kind of left out in the cold. I don't know if Sidney Brown's stepping in and being a day-one starter. I, I think Reed Blankenship proved himself enough last year to where maybe he gets the first crack at least in week one and isn't losing his job as a starter to a rookie, and Terrell Edmonds has certainly been around for quite a while to where I think you can trust him to, to not make too many mistakes on the back end of that defense. But Sidney Brown was a playmaker in college. He was a guy who played in all three levels. 
He, he could play deep. He could come in and, and play the box. He, he's a really, really versatile defender that I think a defensive coordinator with a little bit of creativity would have a lot of fun deploying him all over the field. Much like Nolan Smith, I, I think he's someone that could become a, a key to this defense down the line and getting him in a situation where he's on the field in a competitive environment could be a lot of fun to watch. And where you don't really have a ton of answers at that position right now when you're starting an undrafted second-year player and a, a veteran cast-off who was pretty much told by Pittsburgh to, to you know, go out and, and find the best offer. We don't need to keep you here anymore. I think Sidney Brown is, is kind of the one glimmer of hope that if he can turn out to be the guy that maybe they thought he was when they drafted him or, or maybe some people think he is after watching him in practice and watching him kind of, you know, roll up and take steps up the uh, the, the depth chart here, and he, he's still listed as second team behind Blankenship and Edmonds and Kayvon Wallace are actually, you know, both listed as first team on the other safety position. I think having someone like Sidney Brown and getting to watch him could certainly lead to maybe a lot more answers to that position that we just don't really have right now. So the Eagles' preseason schedule starts tomorrow night. Saturday night in Baltimore. I'm excited to watch. I'm sure you are too. Five guys that I'm looking forward to, to watching. As I mentioned, Sidney Brown, Nolan Smith, Joseph Ngata, the, the undrafted rookie wide receiver out of Clemson, the running backs. How are they going to distribute those carries and those touches between those five guys? And, of course, Marcus Mariota, the backup quarterback, the guy we were praying for eight years ago, comes here as the backup, hopefully he can step up and kind of ease everybody's worries if Jalen Hurts were to go down at some point this season. But I'm Tucker Bagley. Thank you. Joe Gillia will be back um, next week on Monday. We will talk to you then. Thanks for listening.